Well, they got him. Mm-hmm. Someone finally found wherever the hell they were buried. Yeah. <sighs> so, does this change anything? <laughs> not probably not. I mean, not in the way that you know the West Wing crowd wants it to. Oh yeah, they wanted the big blow for you know truth and justice. Um, but you know they don't have a magical girl on their side, so alas. I mean, reality's not being written by Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. I hate to break it to y'all. Like, the Republican Party isn't going to just spontaneously, like, you know, all, like, clap their ha- hands against their heads and go, oh, look, clearly, turns out the thing that those, like, clearly superior and intelligent Democrats who all went to Harvard and Yale were saying was right. Um... Uh, we we apologize for everything we've done, and we will promptly, like you know, start talking like David Brooks again. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, and... that's not yeah. <laughs> Don't hold your fucking breath. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, like those people have a really weird idea of like how how this stuff works. I mean, it's like. In 2016, this may have been actually a story, or more of a story. Um, there are actually a couple of elements that I find a little disturbing. Um, in you know, I, I came in kind of expect just dismiss the whole thing because it's like we know he's a money launderer. We know he he's a serial tax fraud. Um, we like know if, all this. Doesn't if, matter. If our show's thesis is it's all fraudulent, then yes, that absolutely includes Donald Trump. I mean, fucking Mike Bloomberg, the guy they were holding up as like you know the good billionaire, was a monopolistic mm-hmm. bullying prick who was like sued for sexual harassment more times than Trump. You know, that's like the good guy is this absolute like Gilded Age style asshole. So you know. And if yeah. you go into any, like, and, you know, if you went to, like, a conference of real estate developers, of, like, you know, the people that play on Trump's level uh-huh. kind of developers in any major city in the world and, like, threw a ping pong ball, you'd hit a crook. I mean. Yeah, that's that's how this works. But, I mean, there are some things that are looking kind of not so great. Um, like. Part of the reasoning for the Trump campaign in the first place was to kind of shore up his um, media profile um, so that he could continue with his profligate spending. Um, His profligate personal spending, I should say. He's he's a wheel-wearing dealer. Um, Like, we know this. That's his whole thing. But... You know, a lot of good at it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the money he's made, he's made off of the backs of his, um, you know, his media empire, or at least you know his his show on NBC. Like, like, 
he's only been afloat post 2000 because of the apprentice like this kind of proves that his, his massive network of like trump towers and trump stakes and trump casinos and shit is trump like, university all like just been a giant fucking money sink and that he's like an atrociously bad businessman and he only like does a really good job when he's playing one on tv it's like yeah no shit this this confirms yeah. you know what we've widely suspected here but at the same time and this is what's giving me a little pause um is it doesn't appear that trump is in trouble only with like say the southern district of the new of new york he's also in trouble with the irs he's got an impending audit um centering around a 70 million dollar tax rebate that he probably shouldn't have taken because of the exact way he was able to scrape together the losses required to make it work. Um, he abandoned, basically the story was he abandoned um, his Atlantic City casinos, um, which is a, kind of an all or nothing deal. Um, and that lets him write off the entire set of losses under his control. Um, the problem is, is, like I said, that's all or nothing, and abandonment has to be total. Otherwise, it's like three thousand bucks a year, which is in a, in a guy who's dealing with you know this level of capital flow. That's nothing, nothing. It's absolutely meaningless. Um, instead, he was able to claim like seventy million dollars worth of taxes. Um, he got a refund because of his early um, apprentice taxes, um, where he didn't have enough losses buffered up to um, to get rid of those. His entire tax avoidance scheme is basically losing money um, in certain ways. That's like one way to dodge taxes. I swear, <laughs> I'm too fucking broke to be taxed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's not to be bad about it. This proves he's a stupid businessman. Yeah. So, like, the problem that we're running into here is that... How to put this? Um, Trump's legal troubles are not confined to, you know, just his... Um, possible criminal allegations, um, civil, uh, his, you know, long-running civil battles, things like that. Um, things that are basically kept at bay only because he is... <laughs> he is president. Um, and the other half of that is that he's got, like, $300 million in in loan liabilities that I'm not sure he can actually service. So I would say it's not just, you know, the fear of, you know, possibly doing time because, like, you know, there are ways around that. You know, Biden 
cutting him a deal, for instance. Um, the problem is, is that this probably figures into his calculus of, I'm going to do something stupid to keep me in power. Because I want to delay this as long as possible. And I want to delay any possible um, default or foreclosure proceedings until I'm still president. Wow. <laughs> so, like, even a Biden deal might not be fully enticing unless that Biden deal literally includes we will, like, make this IRS shit go away. We will encourage these jurisdictions, like, we'll try to, like, sabotage prosecution in these jurisdictions, which, like, yeah, there's no way Biden's gonna do that, I don't think. There's no way he politically could get away with that. Like, I could see pardoning him for something, but with with these revelations, I'm not I'm not actually sure that's possible because that's not his only concern. That's not the only part of the calculus of do I stay or do I go um, and, you know, fuck off to somewhere we don't have an extradition treaty with. Um, Like, (laughs) I don't know. He might be too broke to stuff his briefcases full of money before jumping on the plane to Russia. That too. Um, His entire business model is reliant on being a broker for capital flows. It's very much like the Keating scam in that way. Um, Where, you know, the money... You know, the money is always flowing it's always in transit he's not parking it in these projects uh the projects are a means to an end to generate losses to keep the irs from taking money from him while also giving him a way to pay his overhead his personal and familial overhead yeah this this, is wow Yeah, well, I mean, it fits. Everything's fraudulent, including this, so... Yeah, yeah. Welcome this to Chop is... Chop Economics. <laughs> <laughs> we, read, we just read that shit so you don't have to. <laughs> and so that you don't get some, like, maximum, like, brain amoeba West Wing take on it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can't just let that shit walk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very much... We knew a lot of this was the case, but the only real thing it affects is whether or not he's willing to take a Biden deal, because I'm not even sure such a hypothetical transition team would understand that he's got bigger problems than just the Southern District of New York. (laughs) Or maybe they do now, who knows? But yeah, this just this makes things a lot more interesting going into election day. Um, the wrong kind of interesting. <laughs> he has a reason to fight it out because he might not have a life on the other side no matter what. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we don't know his the full state of his cash flow. Um, he may still have money trapped somewhere. I I have no clue and near do you. But 
given the way he seems to structure his business and familial and personal dealings, um, I would say he's he's not broke, but he's got the same problem that a lot of these scammers have, which is that they don't have anything. They're just trusted to move these capital flows in service of some other goal. They're supposed to be a convenient front, uh, except, you know, Trump didn't, you know, realize that part. That to be a yeah. good front, you have to keep your goddamn mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. And it is it is fucking bleak. Um, yeah. But, you know, and I mean, it could be as bad as, like, you know, some of the white horse shit that's going down in Florida right now. Oh, God. Bo, um, yesterday, I don't know if any of y'all listened to him. Um, he is from the Panhandle, and... So we are sworn enemies, of course. <laughs> but um, he was right. You know, don't trust anything that the elected officials of Florida have to say on this matter because they're not medical experts. And the medical experts are saying, no, why are you doing this? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, they just went, fuck it, we're, it's a plague world after all, it's a plague world after all, it's a plague world after all, it's a plague, plague world. Oh god, you're gonna get sued. (laughs) First Amendment parody protections are awesome. Nice. Um, meanwhile, uh... And, like, and we can't emphasize enough that, like, what's going down in Florida is so damn... Like, they've waived all of the restrictions. All of them. There's nothing, like, you don't have to wear a mask, you don't have to social distance, um, you don't have to mandate people, like, you know, meet you at the curbside, like a lot of places are doing, or regulate the number of people going in beyond what the fire marshal says. It's yeah. Fuck it. Let's just let Papa Nurgle one run wild over here. And it's like it should be noted that like a lot of the problem is kinda come from out of staters. Um, but that's no excuse. You should not be traveling to Florida because you shouldn't be fucking traveling. Um I mean, on the other hand, if you, you know, wanna spread plague to Florida and wherever the fuck you come from. I guess have at it. I can't fucking stop you. I'm not your mom. Uh, <laughs> if you have already, like, you know, finished the transformation into your nurgling state, then there's really not much we can do. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, you're, if you're, like, a plague demon, then, I mean, I guess we have to, like, you know, throw buckets of, like, hand sanitizer or something on you at this mm-hmm. point, because I don't know what to say there. Near do I. Near do I. 
And it's like, I mean, it could be worse. Florida could have banned, like, actually trying to implement um, any sort of social distancing or masking measures, um, which has been debated. Um, but right now it's... Sacrifice. Yeah. Aunt Bessie has to die so they can Fuck your Aunt Bessie. She's gotta die for the economy. All hail the Ratlicker Creed. Mm-hmm. And of course, um COVID relief is in doubt. Larry. Damn it, Larry. Like, we'll just let him talk. Go ahead, Larry. The director, of course, of the National Economic Council. Larry, welcome back. Thank you, Kelly. Let me start with whether we're going to have another uh, relief bill, as I like to call it, on the COVID front. Um, you know, it does seem to quote a lot of the D.C. people we talked to yesterday. They said, listen, with how vicious this fight over the Supreme Court seat is going to be, there's no way Congress is going to compromise on this bill now. Do you think that analysis is right? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get ahead of it. You can walk and chew gum at the same time, so it's not necessarily a given. But look, as you just heard Secretary Mnuchin, it's important from the administration, from the president's standpoint, we have been asking for five or six um, assistance programs. I don't think the V-shaped recovery depends on the package, but I do think a targeted package could be a great help. And clip. And end clip. God damn it, Larry. And, I mean, it's since then, Congress has gone into recess again. Mm-hmm. Without passing COVID relief. So, yeah. I mean, the Senate wants to ram through a machine gun army, but um, that's all that McConnell was concerned about right now. He wants to ram in um, Amy Coney Barrett for um, to replace um, Fair Ginsburg. Um, lib shit. I don't, I don't really care about it, but it's like in this case it's holding up something that would actually be valuable. Like, you know, it's and it's also like, you know, they're totally taking the gloves off here because it has been confirmed that she's part of some, like, super right-wing, heretical-as-fuck cult that is this weird mishmash of Pentecostal and Catholic and says the woman is subservient to the demands of the man and, like, literally calls female elders handmaids. Like, at one point it was being reported that this cult, like, inspired the Handmaid's Tale. That wasn't quite right, but it still is, you know, an understandable yeah. mistake to make. <laughs> I mean, people of hope are pretty fucking evil too. But no, she's part of people for people of praise, um, and those people are differently evil. But it's yeah. all the same root. Um, and yeah, it's like yeah, they just this is this is what they decided is important. We need to get Trump like free 
Supreme Court justices, um, the economy, who gives a shit? Um, the economy will take care of itself because Larry Kudlow says so. I mean, it kind of really reminds me of that moment where after, like, the first Egyptian revolution on January 2011, the Muslim Brotherhood managed to, like, come into power in the elections that followed. And instead of, you know, doing anything to address the austerity and grinding poverty that had pushed Egypt like to the point of revolution and thrown Mubarak out of office, they instead turned around and passed this whole slate of like super like like all of their fucking like super right wing, um super like conservative like social platform. And we're like, no, fuck it. We're gonna like ban all this like stuff that we see as like Western interference, even though people are like screaming for bread and houses, and you know, they made it about a year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, you know. General Fat Shamer came in and he kicked their asses because that was the only move left, basically. You don't want to end up being fat-shamed by Cece. Yeah. Also, if you're listening, please correct me on my pronunciation. I have only ever read his name. I have never spoken it aloud. <laughs> you know, totally normal country stuff. We're going to disregard the fact that we're in the worst economic crisis is on record <laughs> at this point, and instead go full fucking Gilead. Yeah. Yeah, because, um... Well, I mean, we won't go full Gilead because, like, uh, in that book, it was basically a fait accompli. And uh, one thing we've said on this that it's nothing like that is set in stone. Resistance is possible. Resistance is, in fact, fertile. Um, so I'm not too worried that, you know, we're all just going to roll over and die for these fucking people. But I am worried that we're going to have to fight them, and there is no other alternative but to fight them. Everything abundantly clear, they have no plans on playing by the rules, so... But we'll get to that a bit more when hell kicks up. Because we still have more <laughs> fucking rat liquor bullshit from, you know, this is now coming from university officials in the United States and the United Kingdom. Like, to cut a really long story short, because I could go on all fucking day about the extent to which, like, neoliberalism has just, like, transformed the academy into a gigantic gigantic grift machine um oh yeah like, let's just say there's a reason why i'm not attending school uh, i personally am enjoying that there are starting to be headlines surfacing that are saying it appears that this prominent sports school was in fact a football franchise that did some teaching as a sideline <laughs> And that's kind of what's going on more broadly, is that there's, like, specifically universities in the United Kingdom, but there's also been some in the U.S. that are mandating that students come back to student housing 
even though we're talking about housing that is like you know frequently like shared rooms no possibility of making any kind of like quarantine regulations work unless you lock down the whole goddamn building and like i don't know deliver food by drone or something um and the reason they're doing this, I mean, they're saying it's necessary for the learning and collegiate environment and blah, blah, blah. But the reason they're doing this is because at the end of the day, they a lot of these universities, especially in the United Kingdom, have really over-leveraged their real estate for more real estate projects. And they need warm bodies paying dorm rent to balance the books. Oh, no. You ever wondered why your student accommod your shared student accommodation costs like more than a studio apartment? That's why. Yep. This is you know, and they just and, and like even like in the UK, it's to the extent that like graduate students are facing active pressure from the administration when they're going like, "Look, I am not getting paid enough. I'm not getting enough hours for." getting sick day relief if i get exposed at all then i may potentially be out for an extended period and that will destroy my ability to like pay fucking rent Uh like it's horrific it's they're like wringing money out of you your fucking debt so that they can pay for that athletic center thing or whatever it is that they need to like pay for like the free house for the chancellor on top of the 300 grand a year. Uh, these fucking people. I swear to god. Yeah. And um is suffering from their own thing. They among other things, they canceled school days. They finally figured out that, like, oh, well, Zoom exists now, so we can get away with just deleting that. Um, you know, you, I guess you had to, like, <sighs> you had to just yell. Um, and the other thing is, obviously, um, their plan is it's not quite full rat liquor bullshit, but it is close. And well, let's just say the unions are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly amazing. Yeah, George is just like, no, we're not going to let you have the infection counts for schools. Yep, they or just um, anything really. Yeah, they were like, "Well, we could disclose those, I suppose." Um, obviously, they never followed up on that um, because, <laughs> let's face it, it would be that whole disaster last month, um, where you know kids were like, "Hey, wait a minute, this." Nothing's happening. There's no social distancing. Hardly anybody's masked up. Um, and then, you know, the plague hit. The plague yeah. hit. 
Um, this, yeah, they do not care about your lives. Remember that. Anyone who is questioning the basic need to not needlessly kill people does not give a fuck about if you live or die. Yes. <sighs> On the horizon, waiting impatiently, the red horse. Oh boy! Well, I guess we can. <laughs> I guess with the first war of 2020 so far, the first new like armed conflict, we're actually kind of surprised that this like L year has made it this long without one. But you know, yeah. I mean, it's like the Libya thing was more of an intervention into a standing conflict that is partly our fault. Um, because, you know, we went in, we blew stuff up, and then we fucked off and left everyone to figure out what's next, and needless to say, that went even worse than fucking Iraq did. Um, it turns out there is a worse thing than engaging in American imperialist. <laughs> Which they... Probably fucked off because they were like, well, there's like no fucking money to be made here, so. Yeah, there's not enough oil assets. There's. You know, it's just, you know, a bunch of people who um, will be a burden and we don't understand politics. Well, fuck you. And it's not going to be some endless meat grinder like Afghanistan that's going to require shit constantly. Yeah, and shit to be replaced, and people to cycle in and out. Like it's a convenient scale forever war if you want a good cash flow. Yeah, I mean it's like, what are they going to have me bomb them um, for a few more years, just you know, to get let Raytheon get out of their system, and um, you know, refill their money coffers. But yeah, this one's new. So Armenia <laughs> and Azerbaijan have gone to war over yeah. a long-standing enclave that has been a source of tension since, like, the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, and the two nearly came to blows over it during the collapse of the Soviet Union. So this is not exactly new tensions here, but it's coming to a head, and on September 26th, Armenia declared war. Mm hmm. And it's going about as well the whole thing. So far is a farce. Let's hope it stays that way. Um, I don't, I personally don't think anything good is going to come of this. Kim Kardashian West has, like, actually, like, tried to intervene with the White House to plead for, like, a diplomatic solution. A diplomatic solution from the landmine diplomats. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna go well. Kim Kardashian's officially gonna be in your 2020 history books now for something other than being married to Kanye. Mm-hmm. So uh, put that on your bingo card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
makes a headline. I wasn't expecting it either. Um, let's see here. Well, you know, that that seems to be what's going on with that. But you know, closer to home. Hopefully, things don't escalate too much. Russia is kind of making disapproving noises. As is like their other neighbors, except for like Turkey, being like, "Could you all like not right now?" Mm-hmm. So this might be a thing that gets settled by regional powers coming together and going, "Sit the fuck down." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would that would probably be a good thing. In our news, um, and I realize this is a little old since we are kind of having to combine last week's episode with this one. That's why some of this is a little tiny bit stale. We're we did sl- Yeah, we did slip a little on that because we were really, like, the FinSec thing, FinCEN thing was fucking huge, and we had to do a thing on that. And we'd just done, like, the massive Doomsday, second Doomsday special, so... Yeah. You know. It's by the way, if you like that content, please, you know, throw one in the Patreon jar. Um, we do have some other like, you know, patrons only content that's coming out, like following up on the other um Fire Festival documentary and riffing about why Scooby Doo teaches anti capitalism. Um mm-hmm. Um so as far as so um I don't even know how to talk about this because my my brain just keeps like sliding off of this because I know that it's a contradiction in terms. It doesn't mean anything, but it like what I'm talking about is the whole um anarchist jurisdictions. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> y'all. This is the kind of formulation that you're only going to get from the same conservatives who seriously think that a self-respecting anarchist would tag a wall with BLM, Biden 2020, and a really, like, circle tool anarchist symbol instead of something more appropriate, like, the flesh of kings shall feed the earth. Yes. (laughs) You know... Yeah, things like that. I mean, it's very... It, the reasoning is pretty out there. Um, but it, before we riff on this, it we kind of had to make this clear. Um, the reason they're doing this is not because they opposed in principle to the tenets of communism. Um, they do not know what that is. They don't care. It's a scary sounding word. A set of scary sounding words. Um, that they think means, like, you know, chaos. People. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a turbo evil Hitler. Um, it's the same sentiment as that fucking shithead who wrote victoria that like really creepy like you know turner diaries for 4chan calling anyone that they saw as uncivilized as orcs 
I mean, it's the same thing. They may as well be calling these places orc fortresses or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't give them ideas, but yes. <laughs> um, hey, you so... know, if they, if they want to do, do that, then we're going to be having a class war. <laughs> ah, that would be great. Um, okay, so what the fuck is an anarchist jurisdiction? Um, basically, it's somewhere where the police have not managed to um, contain their own rioting. Um, it is also where um, the the city, county, or state has taken even one dollar from the police department or police bureau attached to it. Worth noting that Trump has not picked a fight with Kaiser Newsom on this yet. Like, it's been in, like a week and a half, and so far, the usual suspects of San Francisco and Oakland haven't been mentioned. Yeah. It's, um... Places like New York City and Portland. Um, and Seattle. And Seattle. Um, Seattle Mischief has modest defunding that may or may not be walked back. I don't know. Um, we managed to get a little bit done here. Um, the, the cowards at City Hall will probably try to walk that back too. Um, and of course, we all know about De Blasio and his f- whole <laughs> threatening his daughter on Facebook shit. You know, yeah, yeah, no, Twitter. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, threatening to Epstein his daughter on Twitter. Like the guy could not be any more cupped by the cops if he tried. Um, this is why NYPD stages a local coup is on our bingo card somewhere. Yes, and it's been there for a while. Um, it's amazing. It these people are just deeply diseased. Um, so basically, they're going to take away in the very places where. Um, it is needed to pay for um, the excesses of the cops. <laughs> Basically. And it's also worth noting that these are places where the cops have failed to get a handle on things. Like, I mean, I'll stand by the like running theory that we've had that they probably aren't trying to call, you know, the usual suspects of, like, Sodom and Gomorrah, better known as, like, San Francisco and Los Angeles, because at some point during this process, we think there were probably some hard words exchanged between Sacramento and the police chiefs and the union bosses, and they said something along the lines of, look, if you make us come over there, we'll come with tanks or something. Um... Because yeah. they've actually been behaving... Like, they're still doing brutality on a regular basis, but you're not seeing things on the same absolutely vicious scale. And they're still fucking around at demonstrations, of course, though, like, I mean, like, the OPD has been executing federal warrants against activists in the Bay Area. So it's not that they're not fucking around. It's that instead of, like, rampaging through the streets 
going all fucking berserker on the people they're supposed to protect and serve. Like, you've got shit like the OPD on the night of September 26th, like, barricading themselves to keep the mean protesters away from them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, they... They've seeded the street in a way that cops in particularly Portland have not. Oh, yeah. And we'll get to, like, what went down in Portland recently um, later. But for now, the important thing to know is anarchist jurisdiction. We have not, however... um, yeeted Ted Wheeler or um, set up our own autonomous economy. I'm sorry. Um, you'll have to wait a couple years for that. Or less. At this rate. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of like Nazi propaganda that was portraying, like, cities of the Rhineland as, they called it, like, Rotfestung, which meant, like, Red Fortress. Um... And use that as just... Oh, yeah. Totally. Like, okay. (laughs) Like, I mean... They hate us about us because they fear us. Exactly. I mean, and let's be real. Like, like, anti-fascist action sounds pretty cool, but it doesn't have the same, like, menace as Roderkampfbund or something like that. Mm -hmm. Or the ice in front, or, like, I don't know. Yeah. That there's a reason there's so many umlauts in heavy metal. Just saying. Yeah. And on the horizon, the black horse. So, yeah. <laughs> this one is a slightly stale one, but not totally. That Before we get to the really bad one. That as of, you know, this was from what would have been last week's episode, the governments of England and Wales have rescinded eviction protections related to COVID, just in time for the second wave, and Brexit. And I am now recording. I am recording. Sync Uh... and... Three, two, one, sink. Sink. And <sighs> leading up the Black Horse is England and Wales have officially rescinded eviction protections that were introduced due to COVID. Oh, fuck me. That's, yeah. That's not going to end well. Um, so what are they planning on doing? Like, what's, what's their big game plan here? Um, just, you know, let everyone die in the streets and, um, you know, get a new mutation of COVID crossed with the zombie virus, um, you know, 28 days later. So, like, what, what's the, what's the plan? Basically what's bad. the idea here? <laughs> basically it's yeah that's basically it like that's what the Tories have been going for the whole time so Fuck. 
I was joking. <laughs> I guess they weren't. Not really. Um, so it's, yeah, that's where things are at. Is They're going ahead with the whole let the poors die. Yeah. That's not staying confined to the United Kingdom. Yeah. It's something like 170,000 private tenants, friend with eviction, 230k in arrears, and that's just in England. Yeah. And... Of course, someone looked at all this shit and went, oh yeah, I totally want to go full out on making this eviction process a gig job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not in the UK yet. Yet. I'm, I'm sure time. they'll adopt this because it's cursed enough, but there is a spinoff of like one of those multi there's like this gig economy company that's like a holding group for a bunch of little ones that all share the same basic matchmaking technology and such it's called civil um you pay 35 dollars and then you um, wait around for a while to evict your fellow working class friends. Yeah. It's no longer, I can buy half the working class to kill the other half. I can buy half the working class to evict the other half. (laughs) That's what we're going to do. Oh, yeah, and you'll be liable for anything that happens, not the person that you're doing the eviction for, you. Yeah, yeah, because you're the one doing it, so you're assuming the legal liability. Um, Now, I don't know if that will hold up in court, but the fact that you're being asked to take on what's essentially unlimited liability for possibly illegal evictions, because these people do not check, they do not care to check. Um, in a lot of jurisdictions, evicting people is still illegal. Um, so it's like you're basically exposing yourself if you're desperate enough to work for these fucking ghouls. Um, but yeah, it's very... The fact that they see a market in this... And their copy about it is just disgusting. It's like, there's too many people not paying their rent. So it's like, the economy imploded because of the pandemic and all the other structural risk factors. It's not their fault. Shut the fuck up. And somehow they'll replace them with, you know, new renters, I guess. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I guess that's the logic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because there are there are always jobs, there are always renters. Um, There's no such thing as supply and demand, I guess. Yeah, it's like supply and demand exists until it's not convenient for the economist's argument, basically. More or less. Um, 
And meanwhile, um, a lesser known story. Um, would you care to explain this one? This one didn't quite make sense to me, but it's pretty bad. Well, this is like, so there is a very specialized form of insurance called trade credits insurance. And what it does is it exists to secure the uh, uh, movement of goods. Like, if you're shipping stuff anywhere, then you need <laughs> trade credits because it protects the value of your goods. Well, trade taking a faceplant since COVID started has meant that this market is now starting to implode. So a critical bit of finance that's necessary for anyone to be like, yes, I'll put this thing on a shipping container and package it off to wherever is sort of falling apart. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always little things that undo these vast, complex supply chains. It's it's very rarely like you know direct disruptions, like you know Wuhan province closing for you know a few months because of a novel coronavirus. Oh. As you do. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's a risk, but it's not like an unprecedented one. No, this is, this is second order effects. And those are important because, you know, they break everything. Yeah, this is why this system is... Like, this is why we've been saying this whole thing of neoliberal globalization, even as it existed under Obama, is not coming back. Yeah. Too much blood has been shed. Too much money has been lost. Too many critical systems have suffered. Too many critical systems have suffered, like, irreparable damage. Yeah. And... I mean, I don't really see a way out for them. It's, it is what it is. And there's only, there's only so much they can really do about that. Um, so it's, I don't know, we're, we've been, we've been tracking this story for a while. It's not something spectacular, but it's, you know, another, it's like that fucking Jenga scene from the big short. They just it's... keep yanking shit out until everything falls. Exactly. Like these are the little cuts, these are little taps in the glass that eventually are gonna shatter the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of shattering glass. <laughs> the pale horse. We have he brings Terrible fucking tidings. Somewhere around last week, we surpassed 200,000 dead Americans from COVID-19. Before um, Florida reopened, by the way. Yeah. So, from what I heard, there's like 7 million active cases. Um... A uh, 
how I know a friend of the show. Um, I can't. Uh, who, um, <laughs> she's one of those cases now. And it's like, this thing is fucking spreading. This thing, COVID is nasty fucking shit. And it's, not, it's killing people in new and terrifying ways. This is getting out of control. Yeah. And, you know, even if you're lucky enough to escape unscathed, I don't... I don't see how they're going to fix this. I don't think there is a fix. This is... This is comparable to, like, you know, war casualties, basically. Um... The Spanish flu was worse, but that eventually burned itself out. We are not there yet. We are not even close to there yet. Burning itself out is going to be millions dead. Yeah. It's like... I mean, Woodrow Wilson did it. Yeah. And the hell of it is, is... What I'm afraid of is that 200K may be undercounting it. Um, I mean, but at least, like, oil is definitively, and we've been covering this for a while, but now it's officially, like, we have crossed the Rubicon here for oil. Or maybe the River <laughs> Styx would be a better metaphor. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Shell has announced a massive transition plan to get out of oil. So, yes. One of the seven sisters, one of the oil super majors who has been at the heart of this industry since like the fucking 1800s, is getting out of oil. Royal Dutch Shell is getting out of oil. That is, that is supposed to be impossible. We'll see. I mean, they probably. I th and they're not the only one who's doing this. There's also uh, Torchlight Energy Resources, who's doing the same thing. And they're trying to get out of oil and gas and move to um, renewable energy the same way Shell is. And, I mean, there's no way they're going to achieve anything approaching super major status. This is a, we want to actually stay a viable company yes. in this new economy. And that's going to require divesting from our primary source of business. Yeah, that's... I never thought anyway, that would happen. Just, same, just say, same. Beginning of this year, I would never have seen this happen. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I thought the way it was going to go out was either, you know, they get eaten by some... Uh, either, you know, they they survive the transition, you know, come up with, like, you know, Chooch 2 from, uh, from the cyberpunk game or something. Or they, you know, all spectacularly implode when all of the fuel is gone. Um... Yeah. Because it arrived faster than they expected. I did not accept this kind of middle ground. 
I didn't think any of I didn't think they'd be doing it this quickly. Like I thought that eventually they would have found a way to like do a soft landing over the course of a decade. They wouldn't be like crashing out of fossil fuels. This is just Yeah. I mean, I figured if they were going to crash out, it was because, you know, the whole air price is now worthless. Um, the oil's gone. Like, there's nothing left to do. Um, expect, uh, except, like, I don't know, buy licenses from Petrochem or something. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is, yeah. At least the oil industry's dying. <laughs> At least we got that out of 2020. Crabs in the chat. Yep. And HSBC might also be attracting some vultures. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've mentioned before that they completely like shut down all of their operations in Europe and North America at some point early on in COVID. Or at least they began the process of abandoning all of that to focus on East Asia. Um, well, now, as of September 21st, within, like, the same breath as the FinCEN leaks, HSBC has officially instructed all of their members, all of their, sorry, blah, blah, has officially instructed all their employees not to say a goddamn word about it to the press. Yep. It is is amazing. Yeah. The broken by finance reporter Harry Wilson. This is yeah. This is a this is interesting. That FinCEN is got HSBC this nervous. Like Something's up. Something's definitely up. Um, I mean, it's like, it's not that weird that they would tell people, hey, stop talking about these things. But at the same time, you know, um, not a good sign. Definitely not a good sign. Um, (laughs) And I guess that brings us to the gates of hell. Oh yeah. Um, where do we start? These I'm gonna dunk it on Proud Boys. Of... I'm gonna dunk it on Proud Boys. <laughs> yeah. So the Proud Boys, um, they were hoping to do a lot more than they actually did. Um. Partly because, how to put this, the whole um, the whole wildfire situation kind of put, kind of doused it with water. But, um, you know, they, they wanted to do this huge fucking action and, you know, kick the ass of all the commies. And they didn't get like- to do that. They... They got to beat up a couple of press. 
Didn't they say that they were going to get, like, 20,000 people into Portland, and they've been talking about this thing for, like, a month? Yeah. And, I mean, it's like, they probably could have drawn, like, about a thousand or two, but the fascinating thing is, is it wasn't... It seems that the Proud Boys kind of fucked this up. Um, They do seem to have a few new allies, but at the same time, um, because organizing this whole fucking thing of theirs was such a shit show, only about 300 people showed up because most of the organizations pulled out. Um... They can't and... organize a piss up in a brewery with the cops cops picking up the tab. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's not to underestimate them. Like nor if the wildfire clusterfuck hadn't happened, um I think that it would have went really badly for everyone involved. Um, I don't know. (sighs) This is, I mean, we gotta mention, though, that this has been a consistent thing, is the Proud Boys and the far right generally has consistently, even during 2020, when they've had enormous lead time and nudging and winking from the pigs, has consistently demonstrated that they really couldn't organize a two-car parade to save their lives. There's been, like, even that time when they forced the, like, Michigan legislature to adjourn, what actually ended up happening was only, like, 50 fucking guys with long arms showed up. So, they... This isn't to say, you know, totally underestimate them. They might actually be able to get their pants on on Election Day, but so far, they haven't really shown any real aptitude for mobilizing people. Yeah. I mean, it's worth noting that a lot of the conflicts where um, they've gone toe-to-toe with our brave super soldiers, um, how to put this, they had help. Um, And this time around, they didn't have nearly as much help as they could normally count on. Um, for, you know, a variety of reasons. Uh, Some of their chats got infiltrated. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to say too much about that. (laughs) Um, They're used to the state, like, holding their dicks. So they don't actually know how to deal with a hostile adversary that actually is playing for keeps. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, We're used to the FBI. Motherfuckers. (laughs) And it's like... So, basically, the teal deer of it is... It could have been much worse. Um, I don't know that backing down was necessarily the right move on our part. Um, But... They didn't seem to really get what they wanted, partly because paradoxically, they were too loud about it. They were like, 
yeah, we're going to totally start the fucking Civil War right here in fucking Portland. We're going to do it in North Portland where, you know, all the people are. Um, and it's like... <laughs> they kind of... <laughs> I think they, draw, no, they drew too much attention from the cops. And the cops were told to basically um, get them to try to keep it in their pants a bit. Um, I just, yeah. (laughs) It's it's worth remembering, so far, when it's come to the street, the only way the right has been able to hold the line, never mind beat, that's never happened, but hold the line with the left is when the cops are bailing them out. Or when they're working as a disorganized auxiliary to the police. So, don't expect these guys to be spearheading kicking the doors in. Yeah. That's, That's the thing. Basically, don't underestimate them because this was... Some of these factors were under their control. Some of them were very much not. Um, If maybe they had more competent local leadership or they had, or certain events hadn't, you know, undermined their affiliates. Um, I mean, I, I remember reading, you know, like that Bellingcat article where someone was like, you know, you're asking us to charge into like Portland or Eugene when we're not from there and we don't know the territory and this is fucking stupid and you're going to get people hurt. Um, as in, they're people. Uh, they don't consider us people. And <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Dangerous on their home ground, but they're not really... They haven't shown any actual aptitude for using violence as a political tool. Which, you know, is going to be great when we see the long-prophesized commercial real estate crisis kick in. Yeah. Um, So, the teal deer is... Portland... They failed. Um, They may return. Um, this is not over yet. The cops Um, are still dicks, as always. Massive dicks. Oh, yes. But it could have gone worse. Um, there was kind of a, we, we dodged a bullet. That's, that's what I'm going to say. We're, we fucking dodged a bullet on this one. Um, we may not be as lucky next time. Um, someday, some combination of these fascist groups may figure out the right secret sauce to gang all these fucking idiots to work together. And then we'll have a real problem. Hopefully it stays there. Yeah. Especially from now at as per multiple outlets, CNBC, Broke Ass Stewart, a lot of other ones, 
landlords in major rental markets are offering things like deferred rent, re-rent, like things are really going off the rails for the rental market, commercial, residential, everything. Like this chain of payments crisis that we've been talking about is starting to happen. Yeah. Um, like the only thing that was keeping it together was basically landlords not wanting to push their luck with evictions too much. Um, on the other side of that, the demand crisis is also massively fucking up everything. And yep. there's not a lot they can do about that except offer free rent and hope that you know people come in who can pay past the one month or free month mark. Um, like, there are apartments studios, to be clear. In San Francisco, going for like $1,700 a month, which sounds like a lot, and it is, but it's the cheapest I've seen since Oh, what? Oh, six or seven? Yeah, it's the um, same thing's happening. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to hit the banks. It's going to hit everything. This is these rental units not going is going to just devastate this economy. This is going to be. This is it. Yeah. The Jenga blocks are, they've run out of Jenga tiles. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to rent a house now um, if you have a very good job and yep. some luck. Or you could do what they did in Philly, where the Philadelphia homeless action encampment, after like a six month campaign, has forced the city to relinquish 50 vacant homes to a community land trust. So people now have houses. <laughs> Yeah. That they can actually live in and not be dying in the street. I mean, it's nowhere near That's... enough, but it's a start. Oh, yeah. Philly, Philly is, like, massively fucked up in terms of how their housing programs and such work. If you want more information on that, um, I highly recommend... Maybe watching um, Do Not Eat's um, second part of his public housing um, video for Franklin. Um, because Philadelphia, Franklin, it's basically the same in terms of his project. Um, and he goes into detail of what the fuck is going on with... Um, Philly public housing. It's a it's a fucking doozy, and this is this is fucking amazing that it happened. Um, also, he's a local and he's been participating in a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, check him out. Yeah, <laughs> and this kind of dovetails nicely into something to end things on, and that's a oh, little yeah. thing that we saw going around called the People's Strike, which you'll find the link is in the description. There mm -hmm. is a coalition coming together calling for 
beginning with a series of one-day strikes to an extended rolling strike, possibly up to a nationwide general strike the day before Inauguration Day, no matter what happens on Election Day, calling for Mm -hmm. removing the Trump government from office, ending austerity, health care for all, and a Green New Deal as part of the recovery. And yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if you want something to do, if you want to get ready, there's a good place to start. Yeah. Should we talk about Louisville? Do we have um, time? I don't think we really have time, so I'm going to have to get off in a minute, unfortunately. And there's other people oh, who are better at this point. I mean, yeah. I just know it went to shit. Um. <sighs> So yeah, I guess that's the show. Um, so yeah, check out the show notes. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon, um, patreon.com slash chopshopeconomics. Let's, maybe let's get me a new mic or maybe some more RAM for this fucking laptop. Um, this thing's in, I finally figured out what it was that's causing these fucking problems and it's very annoying, so but it could be salt of more memory. Um so yeah, um help us out. Put a couple bucks in. From all of us at your favorite shoestring gonzo economic news podcast. This is Chop Shop Economics. We read the shit so you don't have to. Good luck out there everyone. Bye everyone.